So, hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Alan, how's it going? <laughs> I know. We need more practice at this, right? Yeah, I know. We need. It needs to. It needs to start recording automatically. I should turn that on so it starts recording yeah, exactly. from the beginning, and we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so it captures. Exactly. Exactly. It captures everything from the beginning. <laughs> So yeah, last time you were having issues with this, this actual rec auto recording, right? Oh, my recordings at least anyway. Yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to spend any time working on this, on the product itself, because I've been working on, ah, you know, doing the actual other stuff. other stuff. Yeah. So actually that's one of the things I want to talk to you about today. So yeah, one, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is uh, this idea that I have to force myself to spend more time working on marketing, you know, related mm -hmm. items. So, yes. um, so I'm thinking about splitting my time somehow in half the time working on the product itself and half the time working mm -hmm. on marketing related stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I know, I know the feeling well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really difficult to balance these, right? Because it's, uh, you think, well, I can't get my marketing stuff done until I've sorted this for the product because then it's not right or it's changing. Yeah. And then when you spend too much time on the marketing side, you're like, oh my God, the product hasn't changed in two weeks. So you feel like, yeah, it's it's a tricky balance to get right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that'll change over time as well. I mean, I think at least for the stuff like landing page and stuff, or at least the, the, the basic marketing material, yeah, once you've hit a certain point, you'll be like, okay, I can step away from that. And I guess bouncing between the two rather than trying to split your week half and half is going to be probably more keep your sanity in the long run, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And that's that's the tricky part. So considering that, at least for myself, I don't do well with, and, and probably most people don't do well with context switching, right? So Not at all. It's, <laughs> a, it's a real productivity killer to be mm -hmm. switching context all the time. So I, I'm more productive when I'm, when I can focus large blocks of time, you know, working on, on something. So even if it's a coding session, right. I, I do better if I have a, at least a couple of hours to dedicate to coding right. as yep. opposed to, you know, just an hour or half an hour here and there. I, I can't really get anywhere with that. So hard to, yeah, you can't get anywhere in uh, that amount of time. I mean, this is what makes it so hard. This, you know, this idea of trying to, you know, do client work or do other work, you know, working on multiple projects and things. It's, it's great in theory. It just, it's really hard to do in, in real life. You know, I think um, the only sane way to do it is to, to make sure that you can block out a certain amounts of your time to say, okay, I am going to be spending three hours tomorrow evening to work on a thing and not trying to think, well, I'll just squeeze this in at the end of doing this. Yeah. It's just like, it, it, it's no good for your productivity sucks. And also I think it just makes you feel more anxious about it as well, because you feel everything's like piling up rather than being able to think I, I made significant progress on this, right? Yeah. You feel that you're just constantly fighting things as opposed to getting somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so taking that into account, I've been thinking about maybe splitting my time in a way that is like maybe a week, you know, mm -hmm. a whole week I dedicate yeah. to coding dedicated to the product itself yeah. and then another week dedicated to marketing related mm -hmm. stuff. And so go back and forth between that, a week coding, a week marketing. As I say, you'll, you'll probably find a certain changes happen at certain times of the product as well, right? You'll hit a point where it's like, okay, I need to spend, you know, the next two or three weeks focusing on development because 
marketing's looking after itself for now and I can mm -hmm. shift focus. But yeah, I think something like that makes sense. Yeah, because part of part of the marketing is also, you know, social media, social media posts mm. and, and stuff like that, that can be sort of automated. If I, if I spend, let's say a week creating, not, not the whole, not the entire time doing that, but as part of that week of work on marketing, I could create some posts or, you know, some Twitter posts that I can schedule and, and, right. you know, stack them up. And so the following week when I'm working on coding, then, then those can be, you know, Stuff's still active, even though you're not actively doing yeah, it. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. So it's like dripping those, those not just disappeared off the face of the planet for a few weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> just because you're coding. Yeah. Yeah. So something like that, find ways to automate and still be doing something in that front while focusing on coding and focusing on the product. And of course, then you've got the point when you actually, when we actually start having more customers who are going to start having more support requests, then yeah. that that's another constant which is going to be in the mix always. I mean, that's not something you can put off for a week, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think leaving space in the future, you know, mm -hmm. schedule, brain schedule for that as well is, it's, yeah, that's important. Yeah. So yeah, regardless of whether I'm working on the product itself or the other things that I need to work on, I would have to be focusing on on support for sure. Yeah. So far, so far, you've with the users that you've got, how's the support been? As in, how many support requests have you been getting? Is it like a few occasions? Yeah. So far, I haven't gotten any any support requests. I only got one for backup recordings that they needed oh, to yeah, get right. because You're right because it's manual at the moment isn't it you have to request them from yeah me. they have to request them yeah. from me and, and so i can uh, retrieve them and send them to them so mm. i got one of those requests early on because there was an issue but that's been fixed so i haven't gotten any more requests like oh. that and that's something you can at least to a point automate in the future as well right so yeah that's that's something that you can just tackle when it's when it becomes something that will take up a significant part of your time. It's like, okay, now it's time to automate it, right? Yeah. Rather than wasting time up front. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and then I got another wasn't really a support request, but more more feedback or, you know, just something that happened with the app. You know, they submitted a, a message, you know, just indicating what had happened, kind of a little glitch, something I need to look into. So it kind of is a support request, but it's not it's, it was like a one-off yeah kind of thing. It, it's a one-off right yeah. exactly it's not not the type of thing so this is something that again i've only got you know the this handful of uh, like beta users at the moment and this is this actually comes into something i was going to mention and today as well is this the expectations of my japanese users are quite different from the expectations or at least the the patterns i'm seeing from <laughs> our first few japanese users yeah japanese users versus non-Japanese users is quite different. And there's there's definitely this aspect of like, tell me what to do mm -hmm. versus let me figure it out for myself. So I'm kind of seeing this repeatedly is rather than, for instance, some of my BT users in the UK, like just give me a login, let, let me poke around, let me work it out. And the difference here with the users are like, walk me through it, show me how to use it, show me not just how to use it, but how I should be using it. Mm. And that's something that's, I guess it's a change of mindset that I think I've got to make is I think for the longest time, and I think all of the products I've, I've built myself, as opposed to for clients are part of another company mm -hmm. is 
I, I like this idea of, I guess, something like the original Delicious or mm, yeah. Flickr or the, the, the old school web applications mm-hmm. where they were like, we built a thing. It does things. There's features. There's things like tags and things. And you figure it out. Yeah. It's the, There isn't a prescribed way of doing it. It's It's just it does things. And then over time, people will find patterns. There's a lot of human hacking of making it work the way they want it to. And I guess my product design tendency is to think of things like that as well, mm-hmm. is to think things in that way. It's like, okay, if I add this feature, then it could be used in these five different ways. And I'll let people figure it out and you know, work out what works best for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a difference of most web applications that I'm finding today, which are now as I've, I'm kind of more aware of this and I'm looking a little bit more critical about their onboarding and the way the interfaces are designed. just constructed in the word. Yeah, the way they're designed and the, the copy they use and say the onboarding particularly. They're like, use, do this, use this like this. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's really difficult for, I guess, for me internally to feel like I have the confidence to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have in my mind a, an ideal usage pattern of how the application would is used best, both from experience and from designing it in a particular way. But I've been very, very hesitant about telling people to use it like that. Just because I'm like, well, who, who am I to tell you how to run your business? You know, it's like I, I can advise, but I don't feel that, you know, I, I'm not going to storm in there and say, okay, you need to do this and you need to do that and don't do that. So the product is is almost like a light touch, it, it almost probably too light to touch in telling you what to do or how to use it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm now rethinking that <laughs> just because the... Everybody I've spoke to is using it in a different way. All of the BT users tend to be using it differently. And that's fine. Now that, that's good. But at the same time, they're also like, am I doing it wrong? And I'm like, there is no <laughs> And they're like, but that you're using it differently. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just that's what fits with your business. And, and that's causing anxiety for my users because they feel like oh, I, I, I feel that I'm doing it wrong. I don't know what you want me to do here. So I'm not going to do anything because I don't know what I should be doing. Huh. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's <laughs> thrown me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in, with that in mind, I'm trying to address it in both my marketing onboarding, my marketing materials, just so it sets the tone for why you should be using this, not just what it does, mm-hmm. but this is the problem you have. I guess this is a marketing and product design thing mm-hmm. to consider, right? Mm-hmm. From a marketing aspect, you know, we the almost like recommended, you know, the, the, the known, this is how we should do it, is stating the problem that somebody has and how this application will help make your life better mm-hmm. by doing these things rather than um, just saying it does this, you know, have at it. So I'm trying to rethink the like the pitch as to make it clearer as to what not just what the problem is it, it does that already but how 
that our product will solve it in what specific way. It's like mm-hmm. by doing this, mm-hmm. you will have this outcome. Mm-hmm. Be much more clear about what I expect you to do if you use this product. I think that'll set the expectations going in a little more, but then as part of the onboarding, be very, basically have a stronger hand with telling people what to do next. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you should do this at this time mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and this is when you'll do it next. Mm-hmm. So be much more opinionated mm-hmm. in how I expect people to use it. And I, I, it makes me nervous. It makes me kind of, uh, makes me feel anxious because I'm like, you know, but what if they don't want to do it like this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. It makes me wonder how other products handle that and, and how the Japanese culture deals with other software. Because, you know, a couple of products come to mind, like Notion, for example, Right. Well, you can do so much and it's so, they're, you know. They're the classic do everything, yeah, right? Like yeah, it, at least of the modern you can, world. Yeah. yeah, you can do everything and anything in different ways, however you want. You know, it's yeah. designed for you to 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 do it however, you, however it works right. best for you. I think what they do well is they address very specific use cases within that, though. So, I mean, they have like a ton of different landing pages depending on where you're coming from. Mm. So, you know, if you're if they do a promoted tweet for, you know, project managers, you end up at a landing page that talks to project managers mm-hmm. and says, this is this is how what Notion does and these are the things you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think I've done used to another few. I've been trying around lots of different products like this and almost this like template idea of you're coming in, you know, what's your primary role? And then it, tweaks the onboarding to make it work for you mm-hmm. so it suggests use cases it suggests templates it it almost is like a private you know onboarding mm-hmm. service mm-hmm. for your job so they have tons of use case examples of you know if you're a uh, you know, product designer this is the templates you might w- work for you mm-hmm. if this is if you're a developer then these are the th- ways you can use this both in the the images they use the language they use it, it's yeah. it's quite intimidating when you think about oh my god you well know, yeah and they, do this? <laughs> and they have the resources to do to do that have the resources to do it and right, as exactly. an indie maker it's not possible to compete at that level so you have to figure out another way that you can do it uh, you know at a at a at a scale that works for you or exactly. that works for us, you know, because <laughs> I may come across the same problem too. Well, I mean, it's almost like, you know, fusion cast as well to the point where it, it works great as a, you know, two person, three person podcast. If you then think of people like in a business context, well, I want to do a weekly business, you know, like a uh, manager podcast it's just me using it well i don't have guests that none of your all of your ui is designed for a having more than one people scheduling a meeting doing a, a recording mm-hmm. and then posting it to something else it's, it's very designed around this aspect of like a guest having a guest on your podcast right yeah. so you've you've already kind of decided that's your it's not a niche but that's your focus yeah. right? that's your your audience mm-hmm. and i guess that the i guess this is part of the um, again, the, the the recommended practices of, of doing a an indie product, right, is picking a very targeted audience yeah. and talking directly to them. And it's you know it's this thing. Well, who's your audience? Oh, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just impossible to to cope with, right? So yeah. I think it's. I guess I have to just be more targeted with that, right? Be much mm-hmm. more conscious of who i'm speaking to at least at this stage it's like look at my list of people that are 
that are already on my waiting list mm -hmm. that are already beta using the app and find that common trait between them or at least the the, the majority bucket that i can put them in mm -hmm. yeah and then start to talk towards that right i mean i've already made the conscious decision of you know looking at smaller companies so avoiding the you know the big mega enterprise even though uh, right exactly even though uh, as i said like the the bank advisor the a lot of the people i've spoken to in japan are like don't talk to small businesses they've got no time for this talk to bigger corporations who will have got time and money to try things out mm -hmm. but i'm i can't do that <laughs> yeah. at least not at this stage i don't have the resources to be able to cope with talking to toyota right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's kind of that's going to take a little bit of my time to do that right yeah so i think you know looking at the smaller you know 10 to 15 person companies makes much more sense at this stage for me so i guess optimizing my copy the the way yeah just the entire experience optimizing for that is is something i need to do a little bit more of i guess mm -hmm. a lot more of. yeah 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 that's... But I mean, you, you mentioned Japanese companies versus um, others as well. I mean, this is a problem, not a problem. It's a difference between just generally software and how it's used here, or at least not how it's used, but how people use it and how they see it as fitting into their, their job. And it's very much this idea of it's, it's, this is, these are the tasks. These are the instructions for doing this, mm -hmm. do that. And that's it. And also, I mean, Japan has a a much stronger history of being mobile first as well. So especially with desktop software, I mean, I, I grew up with a computer since the age of like seven or eight. Okay. There were eight bit things that didn't do anything, but we've always had computers in my house. Everybody I know, all of my friends always had computers in their house mm -hmm. and that's not a common thing that that isn't a historically strong thing in Japan. People didn't have a home computer out. You know, that, of course, that, that's very generalizing. <laughs> There's obviously a home computer market, but it wasn't as widely commoditized mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the way it was, at least in the UK mm -hmm. and I think in the US as well. So there seems to be a little bit more hesitancy about trying things in software. Mm -hmm. As in, you know, you, you hit a, you open a, a new application, you, you just click on everything, right? It's like, what does this do? What does this do? Is it, There's no fear about breaking it. There's more curiosity about where's its limits what can i do with this what what how can i use this for what i want um whereas here it feels like again i'm i'm speaking very generally and only from the the bt users that i've been talking with having used it and watching them and talking to them is like what 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 do i press and yeah. it's like well what what do you think you should press <laughs> and they're like tell me where to press you know how do i use this which button do i click on it, it's it feels a lot more like to tell me how to use this tool as opposed to give me a hammer and I'll make it work. Yeah. So yeah. that needs to be part of my onboarding experience. And Yeah. And I think we've talked about in the past, I think we talked about the use of video that you, hmm. I think you wanted to implement more video and integrate it into the app itself. So yes. it, yeah, it, yeah. it serves as on the spot kind of help for users. Right. So, you know what's really funny about this? It's like, so, you know, on my new check-in page, I think it's called Your Plans at the moment, which I'm in the process of changing. I'll yeah. mention that as well. There's a, not a quarter of the screen, but it's a big chunk of the bottom right-hand corner of the screen is like a video box saying, basically, play here for an intro, right? Mm -hmm. I've spoken to two people who now 
who didn't see it. Oh, wow. It's on their screen. But I think we've got so blind to pop-ups and sidebars and boxes and inline things. It's like they almost, they literally blanked that out. I'm like, <laughs> there was two people and they were using the same company and they're like, and they're like he's like, well, I didn't know what to do here. <laughs> and the other lady's like, there's a big video on the screen. Did you watch that? And he's like, what video? <laughs> <laughs> it's the big box with a play button on it. And he's like, oh, wow. oh, I never noticed that. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> It's so, like that video of the gorilla in the middle of the room and no one's right, it. right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> wow, interesting. So I think this idea of like doing like a modal based welcome mm -hmm. uh, is I, I need to do that. Yeah, blast uh, it on on their faces. Big yeah. full screen, like watch this or skip it, right? As opposed to like I, you know, I was like, well, if I just put it there on the screen, they can hide it and it's done. But if they want to play it, and they're like, I didn't notice that. Just yeah, like, <laughs> it's gonna have to be a, a modal that auto opens and auto plays the video, <laughs> so they don't have to click on anything. Exactly. Yeah, those are all interesting challenges that we have to figure out. <laughs> yes, and this as a side to that as well, I'm just realizing the the language of some of my things like plans and check-ins again i know what they mean <laughs> that doesn't mean my users do right yeah so i'm trying to consistency -fy <laughs> yeah. my language <laughs> make more consistent yeah. the language throughout my application so i'm trying to I, i'm re almost removing this i use plans a lot and that throws people just because everyone's like what's a plan mm -hmm. and it's like well it's the plan a check-in has lots of plans and they're like i thought a plan was, i thought a check-in was a plan and i'm like oh, oh. <laughs> so it's yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm rewording that and i'm also changing the new check-in page i'm not going to use it so it's not my plans anymore it's the create new check-in page mm -hmm. Mm -hmm to right now it opens multiple form fields because the expectation is it's like well you enter your plans in there and that is throwing people because a i use the word save as well next to each form field mm -hmm. and the idea is again it, it different people have different experiences but a save button saves a page doesn't save a thing on a page right so i'm changing that to add and they won't auto open. You click on add new plan. I forget the trying different text, but add new plan. Click on that and it opens a form field to add it, hit return. So rather than yeah, popping up too many form fields, because it, again, people think of a web form as being still a thing that gets submitted as a page rather mm -hmm. than being an inline thing. And I think that's also maybe a downside of using more traditional form looking elements mm -hmm. rather than a more custom if you use a an spa SaaS product it they don't tend to style things in a traditional web way as in it doesn't have a the with slight border shadow uh mm -hmm. you know an inline form field mm -hmm. it'll have a something that looks more application-y as a form field and people disassociate that from being a web. Again, it depends on the user's experience, but someone who's coming from, you know, a knowing what a web application is and its limits, yeah. they assume that it's like, well, if I click save, that's going to save the page. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, it's just adding that, that item, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, it looks like a form. 
it is, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> this I, is me learning, learning UX in real time. Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah. I can see that. I can see that, and it makes me think about my UI for adding guests to a, a schedule session, where mm. there's just an add button that adds a, a new row to add a new guest. Right. Yes. And there's just a one save button that saves the whole yeah. thing. And it's like, does that, does, by adding that, does that save it? Or does, do I need to click save after adding it? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is where, yeah, the copy I need to use on the page is much more clear about, or it's much more obvious what's happening. Not yeah. like, doesn't leave any ambiguity because again, there's the, the main, it's been interesting that just, I've had some very good direct feedback about like, I don't understand this. This isn't clear to me. What does that button do? And it's like, okay, this is what I need. This is the, and these aren't like edge cases. These are like, you know, core users who I expect to be selling to, you mm -hmm. know, it's, so this is, is really helping just make that experience much better. So yeah. it's, it's been super, but yeah, you can see me learning how to do uh, user interface design in real time. <laughs> so it's, in, it's unbelievable how, how difficult it is to address Ooh all these different aspects and, and make it clear for everyone because everyone has a different background and a different perspective and they see things differently. And it's, it's, it's really hard. It's, it's, that's why it's it a feel of its own, you know, user experience. Well, user and, interface. and that's why there's usually a teamwork. Yeah. Product, right? <laughs> and we're just one person doing it all. Yes. <laughs> so it is challenging, but, uh, but I mean, it's super, there. I mean, the, the, the massive benefit of this is, you know, just the, the it's how I learn best, right? Is by mm -hmm. doing it and finding and failing, right? Yep. <laughs> it's, like, yep. it's like, I won't make that mistake again. You know, it's just every bit of learning just makes your next time you do it better. Uh, and it's funny now it's, I think I tweeted this the other day. I been working on this redesign rework of the new check-in page. And because that's what I'm using in development here. And so I'm, I'm used to seeing that now it's constantly being tweaked. It's just looking better day by day. And then I opened production with the client and I'm like, oh my God, what's that? <laughs> it's like, it looks so like old now, I guess that because I'm used to it, have looking so much better, yeah. seeing what the production users are using. It's like, oh wow, that's, yeah, okay. I need to get this done. <laughs> yeah. It's. But at the same time, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that looked fine to me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just this, you know, like it, it is a massive learning. Yeah, uh, that's experience. that's the way it is. That's the way it is. You you have something, and you know, you come back later and look at it, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's not it's not the the most ideal, maybe. And and then you've gotten feedback, and you you see things differently. Speaking of that, yeah, I saw your new landing page for FusionCast. Oh, well. thank you. Yeah, you saw it. <laughs> it's very nice. Yeah, no, it looks nice. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I didn't want to go the route of creating something that's, you know, that, that looks just like everything else out there. I wanted to do something unique and different. And, and that's why I had created something totally different before with that landing page that was design based inspired mm -hmm. by the 1950s you know radio mm -hmm. radio which era is still, which just looks awesome it really does <laughs> <laughs> thank you but i understand your uh, yeah need to do something a little bit more more traditional right yeah yeah it was hard to carry carry that design <laughs> yeah it was hard to carry that design through all the way you know it was great for just that one 
page, but to do it all like that, and maybe it is, maybe I can pull it off later on or, you know, hire a designer to help me out to create that brand and create that look and feel. But I think, you know, being honest with myself, I think I hit a limit there, you know, with my creativity, you know, my design skills are not that, that advanced. So, so I, you know, I'm like, I'm just gonna stop there and I, I can't. <laughs> You know, one, I can't spend the time, you know, doing that. It takes me a lot longer because it's not my, my core strength. And mm -hmm. so I decided to kill that design and go with something a little more traditional, keep it really simple and not spend too much time, you know, yeah. it's, you, you can focus on the actual content much easier with this right now. Yeah. I noticed the, even though the, the other one looked wicked you almost skim the text because it is it, it's design heavy as opposed to content heavy right whereas mm -hmm. this is just content yeah i mean it, it, i say simply styled but it, it it looks good yeah but it's all about the content everything that the content is uh, you know what it says the features it does are front and center there's no no distractions right so yeah. i think in that way that can um probably help you you know get that that correct because you'll focus on that rather than making it look fancy right yeah yeah and i already got some feedback from some folks and it's good feedback so i'm gonna go back and you know revisit certain things plus there's a ton of stuff that is not there that i'm planning to do i just wanted to get something simple out there and and just you know half decent good to go so that i can get back to focusing on the product because i as of now i haven't been working on the product itself for about three weeks now and so i i really need to get back to that because i've been focusing on on the website and i just wanted to create a strong foundation so it's built on statamic 3 and okay. css and yeah. so i wanted to have the blog component i wanted to have way to edit and and you know make changes easily right. for myself <laughs> And That's the worst thing is, yeah, so I'm using, it wasn't intended to be a long-term thing, but I'm using UMSO, which was, it used to be called Landon, which is a, a basically a launch page tool. Uh, it's, it's basically a website editor, plus it's got like email lists and blogs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's like $30 a month and you get like three sites for it. So as a pre-creation mm -hmm. thing, it was like, okay, you know, put you know, waiting list type thing, uh, mm -hmm. they can integrate with MailChimp and all the rest. So I use that as a, like a placeholder and it, but it's become more than that because, so my wife's been working on the Japanese site. So she's been adding like guides for these beta users, how to use things because we, we feel that we need that, like a bit more tutorial level led things. And so just being able to say, okay, go on, work on the site and, and it looks good. It, is, it makes a huge difference not having to mess with your tools all the time, right? So yeah, I can appreciate that. At least you've now you've got a, a a thing that works and you can edit and you not don't have to fiddle with yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's Statamic three is awesome. I really like. Is it, it good? Mm, yeah. yeah, I love Statamic. It's it's built for developers, really. Mm. You know, so it's super flexible. You can do a lot of things with it, and you can customize it to behave and work the way you you know, wanted it the way it works nice. best for you. So mm -hmm. I, I wanted that foundation. And so I kept the design super simple. I still need to drop a video on top of the homepage. You know, I'm, right. I'm going to record a, a quick demo. Just haven't had time to record it. 
the way I want it. I wanted to get a good camera to capture a really nice, you know. <laughs> it's a good excuse anyway, H right? <laughs> HD video. And actually, I just got it today in the mail. Yeah, nice. Yeah. What did you get? It's a Logitech Brio. It's a oh, cool. 4K okay, yeah. uh, HD nice. camera. It's it's really good. It's supposed to be good. So I just got it in the mail today. So I haven't really tried it yet, but I haven't even opened the box yet. But I want to record this video and then put it on the homepage and a ton of other stuff that I that I have in mind to add to the website. But it'll be little by little. And so for now, right. it's just simple. But so it, it can be incremental improvements now. It's not like you, you've, you, you've got the baseline down and yep. you can you can now start to focus on improving the content, right? Yep. yep. Very nice. I haven't, I've never used to tell because I, I don't have any experience like Laravel or any like modern PHP. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. my, my first web app was PHP, but that was a long time long ago. Long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> the old days of uh, obscure, crazy yes. PHP. It was like, well, it's like the uh, levels AO. All of my applications were pretty much one PHP file and it worked. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like, it was like, it was like, it was adventurous when you had a second PHP file. For, oh, know? yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember those cool. days. That's that's when I started. That's the way it was. And it was all, it was all procedural, no object oriented. Yep. <laughs> I don't think it even existed in PHP back then. There was, yeah, no object. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, mo modern PHP development has come a yeah, long way. I, I've it's, heard so many good things about yeah, Laravel. Laravel is, and, yeah. and, and Statamic as well. I mean, I love their documentation and homepage. And it's just yeah. like they really get that like spot on right oh it's, yeah um, it's like it, i don't even know anything about the product but i want to use this yeah. this is cool <laughs> jack mcdade he was one of the co-founders he's the yeah. he's super talented designer and he has a, a really good way of designing and also also has a good sense of humor so you can see mm. you can see that all throughout in the documentation right. yeah, and sure. everything he creates there's a a sense of uh, humor applied to everything and yeah it's i've met i met him in person 2019 for the laravel conference laricon in new york yeah and so i met I him and had conferences in person huh? yeah it's you know right before the pandemic <laughs> good old days <laughs> yeah <laughs> right before the pandemic is the yeah. it's the last one that happened the 2020 got canceled of course so yeah i met him in person really cool guy yeah nice and uh, yeah, so that's what's going on with the do you have, website. Uh, do you have plans for, because your email list is probably reasonably large now, or at least it's you know, not insignificant. <laughs> it, you know, it's not, it's not that large. And that's one of the, okay. the reasons that I, I need to focus on marketing and I'm planning right. to, to do this, you know, uh, split schedule kind of thing, mm -hmm. because I need to focus more on that. I haven't been promoting it as much as I should have. So my, my mailing list is not that large. So yeah, that's, and that's one of the reasons I wanted, I wanted this website to be kind of like the way it is now so that I can yeah. feel more confident about pointing people there and, and promoting the product. I, I guess product. part of, part of this, I'm not going to say rebrand, but change to a more simpler style makes it easier to maintain consistency going forward. Right. As well. Mm -hmm. I think if you, your other landing page look great, but that also is like, you you kind of almost have to commit to that right <laughs> full-time so not just the landing page but you almost need to start about how does your application fit with that how yeah. do your emails you know your welcome mails you want to try to make look within that same kind of branding right so it's a that's a big commitment right yeah 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 and it's it's too much uh for me so <laughs> at least at this stage yeah for yeah. Sure. yeah i've been i've been trying to think more in terms of you know what's what does 
what works best for me as an indie maker, solo founder? I have to... You need to just be realistic, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be realistic with myself. What can I... What are my limitations and, and, and what can I do with the resources that I have? You know, I can't be designing this extravagant website and spending all that time. I don't... I can't do that. So no. just keep it simple. Later on, you know, there'll be time, you know, the right time will come later. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, once I have more resources then I can hire a designer and then, you know, it'll be a lot easier to, to do that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. for now, simplicity, minimalism is what works. <laughs> um, but it just means it's, it's sustainable and maintainable and right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not just going to spend all your time tweaking emails because they need to look right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so that's about it. I think this um, is why all my interfaces are like blue, <laughs> yeah. blue or purple. It's like, well, I, I can't choose a wrong color there. Everything's yeah. just shades of blue, right? <laughs> yeah. Or tailwind indigo, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. How bad yeah. can I make it look? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it on my end. The only other thing is now we have. We've successfully launched our podcast, at least with the trailer. Yeah, it's just the trailer. Yeah. You know, folks listening to this later on will be kind of all news by then. But <laughs> yeah, right. it is new to us right no, now. That, uh, thank you for uh, yeah, good good work. Was able, yeah, I was able to put that together and publish it, so it's it's out mm. there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think ever picked up by everything apart from Google Podcast, maybe. Right. Yeah, I think I think I already picked it up. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I haven't checked, but it's a good thing that uh, yeah. we have that now so that when the first actual episode is published, you know, it goes goes straight through. It doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. we don't have to I wait for. Right. For okay. so otherwise you'd be like, it's a new episode, but you can't listen to it because it's not on Apple yet. So yeah. At least now everything's set up and it'll just kind of um, yeah. flow through, right? Yeah, and I've been doing editing on the on on the episodes that we recorded, and uh, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, actually. So I think that's the last thing on my end. It, it's it's the the recording editing. I I think there there needs to be some editing done in all the sessions that we recorded. My goal, or I was hoping that we wouldn't have to you know do a lot of editing, but because it takes so long. But at some point, we'll have to figure out if there's a way we can outsource the editing, yeah, you know, or sense. or we get better at recording so that we don't have to edit anything. <laughs> I was just about to say, I, I hopefully you'll find that the later ones require less editing, right? Yeah. I think we're getting a little bit better about being aware that, of what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and in the, in the spirit of transparency, I, I wanted to talk about this and and let it be part of the podcast and for others to listen because sure. you know it, it could be it's a, educational a, a, an educational <laughs> thing yeah exactly so one thing that i've noticed as i'm doing editing is that we tend to talk over each other sometimes mm. you know and so when that happens it sounds really bad in the podcast so i'm having to edit things out and kind of like choose which one of us uh, is saying the main thing. So, so that way that stays. And then if, if right. the other one was trying to say something and then it stops, then that gets cut out. So going through that. And so that's something that we can improve, you know, try not to talk over each other. And the other thing is I've noticed with myself that I speak very slowly 
I'm like, <laughs> oh man, like I sound super slow. Like, cause I guess I tend to find the, the, the right words, you know, before I speak and I kind of like maybe overthink what I'm saying and I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I kind of take pauses and, and uh, especially the first, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe it's part of, part of it is that it's the first episodes where, you know, we don't know what we're doing. We don't, don't have, know what we're doing at all, right? <laughs> we don't have that much experience. So I found myself pausing a lot. And so I'm trying to, you know, edit that out. And, and hopefully as we progress, we get better and more comfortable with uh, talking. Have, and Have you tried using uh, Descript? No, um, no I haven't. No, I haven't. I, I know they, they have a lot of uh, crazy features for editing yeah. and stuff. The biggest thing. So when I did just a short video for my for the presentation, I did a dot plan, just being able to edit the audio as if it was text, just yeah. being looking at it and thinking that paragraph, I can delete that and just hit and delete that, that word, uh, delete that. Yeah. It's like so useful to do that in, in an audio editor would have just been a nightmare. So yeah, it, that might speed things up a little bit. Obviously we've got latency against us as well, which doesn't help. But so it's funny you mentioned like speaking speed because yeah, when I listen to the trailer, like I speak a lot quicker than Mario. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bah, 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 bah. and you're like, bah, bah, bah. like oh, okay. Either we need to meet somewhere in the middle, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, one of the things they say is that when, when you're, I've heard this in the context of conference speaking, for example, right? When you're speaking to an audience, one of the things that happens is if you're nervous, you speak faster because you're nervous. Mm -hmm. So you speak a lot faster kind of yeah. thing. Or, you know, and so they always say, you know, speak slower than what you normally do or what you think you should be speaking. You Almost know? to the point where it feels uncomfortable. So when I did, I've done public speaking like three or four times now at mm -hmm. reasonably large conferences. Yeah. I remember the one I enjoyed the most, I got to the point where I was, I, I felt completely wrong to be speaking this slowly, mm -hmm. but it was also the one which people responded to the best people came up to me afterwards and said it was really good i'm like did i not like sound weird <laughs> i was like no just to the point where it feels like to myself i'm i'm walking through mud or something i guess that's just the change from my usual speaking pattern yeah to me it felt like yeah. really but it seemed to work so yeah i guess that's just my you know yeah, <laughs> <My problem. laughs> for, so for me, it's the opposite. I need to speed up a little. You need to slow down a little. Yeah. We'll meet in the middle somewhere. <laughs> As, although it's funny because I listen to podcasts with Overcast. You're probably the same, right? And I use their smart speed plus listen to things at about 1.3, mm -hmm. 1.4 times anyway. Yeah, I do the um, same. Right. So I think one of the most... Um, weirdest things for me is John Gruber on, you know, Daring Fireball Guy. If yeah. listening to his podcast on normal speed by accident, because I, I think I played it in on the web sometime rather than listening to it in Overcast. Uh -huh. And I'm like, is he okay? <laughs> it sounds like something's wrong. <laughs> it sounds so and slow. It, yeah. I was like, yeah, something, something, some problem. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, it's just, I'm used to listening to everything. I'm like, yeah. So <laughs> oh yeah. I totally experienced the same thing. Totally. Yeah. I've done that before. And it's like, oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even the music of some podcasts, you know, like if I listen to it in the, the 
sped up, you know, way that I normally do. That becomes normal, it, it right? Sounds, <laughs> that becomes normal. It sounds great. And then I listen to it in the nor in the you know normal speed, and it's like, oh, so slow. Like it sounds horrible. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's 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 weird. But uh, yeah, so I think if we just try to be a little bit more conscious of, again, this is probably me versus you, <laughs> of waiting till everything's finished before, yeah, making my point. It's like, yeah, try to just try to hold back, Alan. Yeah, get but too excited. It, it, it's not just you. It's me too. It's not just you. It's it's both of us. It, but it it comes with practice, right? It, with experience, we'll get better at that, you know. It's our first recording, so we're we're still yeah, learning yeah. this thing. Mm -hmm. and... Need to put a disclaimer at the beginning to say we we're still figuring this out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I I think even just yeah, as we're speaking now, even for the last few episodes we recorded, they they do seem a little bit more structured and paced, maybe. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's something we can keep improving on. So yeah. hopefully people will bear with us long enough that yeah. <laughs> He quits on the first episode. What the hell is this rubbish? <laughs> we can only hope, right? <laughs> so Although, yeah, I, guess, I guess it's just one of those things of just yeah, just compounding experience and quality over time, right? You know, we're never gonna, you're not going to get things right on the first pass. So yeah, just, yep. just keep working. <laughs> yep, yep. Let's just keep at it. Practice makes perfect. So indeed, <laughs> we'll keep. Uh, chipping away at it yeah that i think that's it on my end so anything else you want to share oh, on yeah your one end? one nice thing was i got approved for paddle nice. payments yeah so they were when i first <clears throat> um spoke to them a few months back they're like yeah come back when you're finished <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> yeah that, that, that's nice we're for products who have actually bit of finished building i'm like oh okay thanks so it was, it was a slight burn but <laughs> so i mailed them the other day i'm like so i'm ready now because uh, it's going to take time to integrate that anyway mm -hmm. and i just i don't want to be at the point where i'm like okay now i can go and now i've got to go and weigh and build in payments so mm -hmm. <clears throat> i wanted to at least get that moving mm -hmm. and so they were like okay can you you know explain your product I'm like, okay, so i did that and then the they strange, strange to me worded email that was like, it sounds like your product has human interaction, does it? And I'm like, okay. of course it does. Everything, <laughs> I'm like, everything requires human interaction. It's, and they were like, okay, so we can't use it because you're not allowed to have human based services on Paddle. There has to be automated software. Like we, I sell software and oh. they use it. They meant me, not them. I, I read it as humans, as in my users. Yeah. They mean humans, as in me. So you're not allowed to sell like a consulting service, like a productized service or, you know, right. something like that. Yeah. So it has to be software that is like self-service effectively, yeah. either a, an application or a subscription service or mm -hmm. something. It has to be not involve me to, mm -hmm. so I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's not Because <laughs> they were like, well, in that case, you can't use it. Here's a link to our service policy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, no, I, no, <laughs> there's no humans involved in making this service. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, but that's a poorly worded question. Sounds like they... It's yeah. one of those things. If you read their terms of, if they read, if you read the document that they sent afterwards mm -hmm. beforehand, it makes sense because it literally use it uses the same words, you know, human-led interactions or something. But when that's out of context in an email, it reads completely differently. Yeah, and it's like, what do you mean? 
Of course it uses humans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not just some bot well, your reaction running was in the, the background. Same. Your reaction was the same as mine. Of course it does, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes that no was sense. my response. Yeah. When we cleared that up, they said, could you send through a, a video of your product being used? So I actually just sent them a link to my onboarding like video that's embedded right now. And three days later, which was yesterday, they came back and said, great, yeah, it's fine. You can do it. You need to send just legal stuff now. So I'm like, oh. so that's good. Yeah, awesome. Congratulations. Now. Thank you. So I've got no excuse not to charge people now, right? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Congrats. Yeah, you gotta you. You gotta put that payment page up. <laughs> well, at least I can write it now. I can build the page. So they have a sandbox thing, so I'm gonna just play around with that. And it also means I've got to think about pricing, which is I've been putting off for way too long as well. So Oh nice. So they, they do have a sandbox, kind of like Stripe yes. as a sandbox. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, exactly. Cool. So I mean sense. I chose Paddle over because I noticed like Stripe now have like they're launching a tax, uh, Stripe tax and things. The biggest thing for me is the fact that I'm selling immediately off the bat to three countries at least that's you know my the beta users and hopefully people who will pay they're already in three countries and that means three different sets of sales tax and the the us is particular you've then got multiple states to deal with so i'd be looking at like having to do five sets of tax filings even the sales tax filings even on day one mm -hmm. as long as all the beta users end up paying right mm -hmm. which is like i don't want to deal with that <laughs> that's yeah. not and i don't want to get it wrong either so uh, and stripe also doesn't stripe tax doesn't want doesn't support japan in its initial version it will uh, do i'm sure yeah I, I'm sure it will. And plus they don't file for you. They just tell you what to do. So they don't have that component yet, but apparently they're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Coming. Uh, so th this initial version will be like, you need to file this document, pr click here in order to go to the thing in order to file it. So whereas Paddle is like, because they're the merchant of record, they effectively sell the product for you. I think mm -hmm. same as Outsetter, right? They uh, think... no, I don't oh, think... no, because that connects to Stripe, doesn't it? So, it connects yeah. to Stripe. Yeah. They mm -hmm. don't, they don't it doesn't work the same way they connect to stripe and i think there's a way to specify the tax that you want to collect yes. but you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. do it yourself do it yourself yeah. yeah so that was one thing that i'm just especially since i'm dealing with you know japanese tax authorities which is not my area of expertise i'm like not messing around <laughs> yeah <laughs> use somebody who knows what they're doing <laughs> overall how how was the process of getting approved with with paddle for you i mean apart from that slight misunderstanding it was it was straightforward they would just like explain what it does why you why you need this effectively why what does your product do what yeah they basically just explain what your product does and how it's used so mm -hmm. i just wrote a par few paragraphs about that sent them the video and it's all fine oh so you you recorded a video to like explaining your product cool yeah cool yeah i considered paddle uh, way back before I decided to go without setup, but I still I, I still don't know which way I, I want to go. I haven't really integrated Outseta yet in fully into my product. Uh, I'm only using a couple of their couple of their services, you know, because mm. they have they cover billing yeah. payments and you know all, all the others some other stuff and I haven't fully integrated much really. So I don't know. Because I suspect I'll have a similar issue if, you know, given the nature of the product, people mm -hmm. can be, you know, anywhere in the world connecting and yeah. using FusionCast. So I, I don't know what I'm going to do about that because mm. that, that's a, that's a 
problem. <laughs> it's a concern, isn't it? I mean, I know yeah. there's, uh, I'm sure a lot of these early products don't handle tax very well <laughs> or yeah. at all, right? It's yeah. kind of almost like brushed under the carpet and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Out of all the decisions I'm going to make, that's not something I'm going to do, especially since I say, I know, I'm, I'm located in somewhere that I'm not you know, I don't know well with regards to how these things work. So I'm not going to get that wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one reason that, so Outset requires, you have to use their authentication stuff, right? Or you have to link into their CRM in order to build people, correct? I don't think you have to use their authentication um, okay. because I have my own authentication and I can still, from what I understand, I can still integrate billing and payments. Okay. I still haven't done it, like I was saying, but I don't, so I don't know exactly, but if I remember correctly, one of the co-founders did a, a demo with me way back. And I remember, I think I asked that question, you know, if I have my own authentication, can I still mm -hmm. use billing and payments? And, and he said, yes. So if I remember correctly, okay. so, but again, I haven't gone full in without Seda, so I'm still thinking about it. The only thing that scared me about Paddle is is some posts that I read of some horror stories of them dropping the product without notice and yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> I've, I've read those too. And those were, yeah, my immediate, like, is this good? This, this yeah. sounds scary. But in all of those cases, they do seem to be, there seems to be an after story as well. It's not like that was it. It's like mm -hmm. they, they respond to them after a few days and things get fixed and they, they do seem pretty quick at responding to even the onboarding, um, the onboarding, the application emails, they seem pretty quick about responding to all those. Mm. So I'm hoping that there's no problems, but yeah, that, that was my my only hesitancy there was yeah, so, seems to be some horror stories but there seems to be horror stories regarding every single product on the internet so yeah. <laughs> i'm like gotta yeah. take everything with at least uh, an understanding that you're only seeing one side of it right <laughs> yeah yeah so if you're using Paddle, then does that mean you don't need to to integrate with stripe does it work Correct. They, have, they have their own thing Yes, okay. correct. So the other thing as well is it handles, I mean, I guess like Stripe, it handles invoicing The you can have multiple price plans. It, it does the tax based on where the buyer is. It just handles everything for you like that. They, mm -hmm. uh, the only difference is, yeah, it's not your merchant account. So things come through on the credit card with like Paddle and then your name of your company. Oh, I um, see. Yeah, so I there see. is a, I'm used to it because I use a few services that use it. So it, it's, I'm kind of used to using it as a, an end user and mm -hmm. it's, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems the API is pretty straightforward and no big surprises there. So hmm. yeah, I think it should nice. be okay. Nice. Maybe I'll give it a try. I don't know. <laughs> so their, their fees, their fees are a little bit higher than if you were just going for straight Stripe, obviously because they're offering more and they're not just taking the payment. But as I said, for me, it was just this peace of mind that I know that the right sales taxes are going to get taken and paid. <laughs> and for me, that's just one thing I don't want to get on the wrong side of. <laughs> yeah. I guess it also depends on how long it takes for Stripe to catch up to that and, and mm. offer that service, you know? I mean, this, I mean, you can export from Paddle. There doesn't seem to be any limitations with you moving, you know, exporting your customers. Obviously, I think they'd probably have to resubmit their payment information, I assume. But you're not, you know, you're not tied into it forever. You could just keep those as old users and onboard new users into Stripe or something if you wanted to change later. Mm. So it's not like it, it, it's 
not an impossible thing to undo, but at this stage, it just seemed to be the, the thing which suited my need the most. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> Let you know how it goes when I've onboarded, when I've done three, uh, yeah, the sandbox stuff. <laughs> yeah. You'll be the guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to share? And that's me. All done. All right. I think that's it for me too. Should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. All right. Notes for the show. <laughs> we don't have notes. Uh, Are we we'll supposed notes, to like but... sell a mattress or something as well? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> We'll close it off with Justin Jackson's, this podcast is hosted, not toasted on Transistor.fm. <laughs> I love the, because uh, I was playing with, you know, you, you submit it to everything, just going through the interface and things. It's a really well thought out product, right? It, it is. It's, it's very cool. It so, is. Um, it's, it's, I love it. Love it. I can't yeah. imagine doing it any other way. Just having seen that it's like all the analytics, they're just submitting everything, just managing the whole process. It's like, they've, they've really done well it's yeah it's cool. I'm, I'm really happy to see it succeeding as well yeah and it's a pretty large product because it has mm, so many yeah. different areas you know it's got mm. analytics the hosting yeah. side the embeddable player the distribution the yeah. websites you know the custom websites for your for your podcast that they host themselves all these different areas it's mm -hmm. it's crazy it's 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 surprising yeah, when you start going through it you're like oh my god this is like really comprehensive really, <laughs> really comprehensive yeah. yeah and for a two people team is it's just really incredible that all, all they've yeah. been able to accomplish so absolutely. congrats to them and props to them for absolutely 100%. achieving that it's it's great i love using it i love the product yeah absolutely it's i, I recommend it every every time i get an opportunity uh, someone asks about hosting a podcast uh, i always recommend transistor <laughs> absolutely so yeah we didn't get paid to say all this <laughs> by the way we're just big fans <laughs> absolutely <laughs> full disclosure <laughs> all right okay. all right alan i'll see all you right. in two weeks absolutely uh, we'll, we'll be in touch online o onwards and upwards <laughs> yeah talk to you later all right take care cheers Bye. man